Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a what again? Un grandioso show for you today. Anyway, let's go busy and tell you what the show is going to be about today. At first, we're going to have Marilyn Burgess assume the office of Houston Court County District Clerk. And you know what she's doing? She, You know, we talk about social justice. We talk about criminal justice. We talk about how the court system is not working because... The people, uh, the people that are out there judging these people that they probably need to indict or whatever, or judge, they either are too hard, not the right, etc. Well, she wants to mitigate that. She's done a good job at doing that. We also have Texas Representative Jasmine Crockett has some words with uh, Tiffany Cross over the weekend. We also had an indigenous person talk <clears throat> some important stuff about the MAGA crowd and so did as well. The media coverage, which I thought was interestingly correct. And now, folks, that's what we're going to do. But, you know, as usual, I start with you guys because you all run everything. Ed Louder, I wasn't at the MAGA event. It was pushed by the media. It was a joke, all right, and people know it. Only one arrested was a fed, all right. Hello, relative says E2247. Bridge MCP is back. Hola, como estas? Welcome aboard again. Bridge, we were missed yesterday. We have Eric who says... Hi all, do the rich really pay some taxes? The rich pays a ton of taxes. But you know what you got wrong in your theory, Eric Hayes? If I make a dollar, right, rather, if I make a dollar and the rich guy makes a thousand dollars and the rich guy says, I pay ten times more than you in taxes. I pay ten dollars in taxes. You only pay a dollar. Or 10 cents or whatever. He can go ahead and say, yes, I pay so much. The problem is you have taken so much out of society. Not a little bit. Not 10 times what you are. In the case of the CEOs of the top 500 companies, over 350, 350 times the average salary. So again, uh, limited thinking that it's pushed by a lot of newspapers like the time. You know, whenever we start talking about taxing the rich, the rich who owns all these papers, they start to say, okay, it's time to re-indoctrinate the people. It's time to inoculate them from intelligence. It's time to inoculate them from learning the truth. It's time to inoculate what they're doing. Look, they should be paying 90% of the taxes. Okay. And I can explain and I can give you a number as to why the ultra-billionaires should be paying that. I can actually make a very good case that the money isn't theirs. And I can make that case accurately, numerically, and actually make it in the form of it being nothing more than legal theft. But we'll talk about that at another time. All right, let's see who else we got here before I get to Brother Rudnin. Uh, ATL, checking in. Paul Fleming, welcome aboard, my brother. All right, Michael says, Egberto, you covered this one yesterday. Your treatment as a refugee is directly proportional to your hue, but this story needs a follow-up. White House calls video of border agents chasing Haitian migrants horrific. DHS promises to investigate. U.S. Border Patrol agent with a whip was chasing a Haitian refugee. This isn't the days of slavery. This is now. I can't imagine what possible context could be used to explain this. Abolish ICE. Meantime, there are some 15,000 refugees living under a bridge waiting to be vetted and resettled. You know, again, it comes with something called morality. You know, in, in the case of Republicans and, and, and neoliberals, 
it's always good to say we like life or we believe in humanity and all these other issues we like to talk about, right? But when it comes to putting our money where our mouth is, support a particular kind of folk. You know, there are certain people, they're suffering. When we see certain people suffering, it hurts us to the core to see them suffering. But when we see others suffering, well, hey, now, you know, we'll try to do what we can. You know, uh, look, until we learn to accept to the totality of humanity for what the totality of humanity is, for what the totality of humanity looks like, we will all have these implicit biases as far as who deserves pain, who deserves help, who deserves assistance. We have so many people that would hurt themselves because they believe that the other shouldn't be helped as much. As we are. Pfizer says COVID-19 vaccine works in kids age 5 to 11. As the new COVID variant spread through the harm. Younger people vaccinating them before they catch it. School is essential. It is true. And it's going to be good up until some particular variant defeats the vaccine. And I imagine everybody is looking for that variant that is defeating the vaccine and ready to go. Pfizer says COVID-19 vaccine works. I read that already. COVID-19 has now killed as many Americans as the 1918-19 flu epidemic. Pandemic. More than 2,000 people are dying in the U.S. daily on average, the highest level since early March. The 1918 flu killed more people overseas. In comparison, COVID became an American first problem. Yes, it's the same people who say America first that failed to vaccinate themselves until we've... Yes. You know, I have a story to tell and you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna play that so i wasn't gonna play it till tomorrow but i'm gonna do it in a little bit line three pipeline resistance continues as activists ask biden admin to shut down project oil pipelines invariably leak running a pipeline through waterways is a tragedy waiting to happen a sufficiently large leak could potentially pollute the entire mississippi river the people whose land this pipeline has been laid through don't want it most democratic voters oppose the pipeline President Joe Biden can fix it with a stroke of a pen. Yes, he can. Fire at the Panderosa Pet Resort in Georgetown, Texas. Leave 75. I didn't hear about that. It's extremely heart-wrenching, fire chief says. Oh, my God. That's sad. That is sad. Okay. Eric Hayes. FBI arrests its own. Peggy Lopez. Hi, all. The power came back on just in time for me to be here. Peggy, you are the good omen of the day. Egberto, did you read the article? Says, uh, says, paid 50% of the taxes, so is that a lot? No, it's not a lot. Again, you have to understand magnitudes. If, if, let me give you, let me ask you a question. Most of the, 90% of the capital in America is owned by the top 10%. Is that a lot? What do you think, Eric Hayes? If 90% of the wealth in, in the world, in, 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 in the U.S., is owned by the top 10%. What do you think about that? So should they really be paying more than 50% of the taxes if the wealth that they own is over 90%? Come on now. Again, you have, to, you have to know the totality of the numbers and not allow them to make you unintelligent by putting the numbers out in that fashion, my brother. Okay? That's the answer. Look it up. All right, Bridge MCP. Welcome. I saw you already. Bridge Peggy Lopez, power to the people. Let's see what else we got. Eric, how does AOC afford a 35K ticket when she makes 175K? Because she got an invitation. She didn't pay for a ticket. That's the reason why. It's amazing how you guys concern yourself out, out, uh, on trivialities. But what can I say? When you don't have any options, what can you do? I'm not talking about you, brother. I know you're a good person. But the people that are informing you are the scourges of the earth. And to put it as blunt as I can, they are nothing more than you know what. Bridge says, Eric, probably some donation. No, she didn't even need a donation. She was invited. She came in for free. Cindy Styles, the 1% do not contribute to society, do enough work to equal their bloated wealth. Cindy has the statement of the day. Exactly right, Cindy. The Duck That Quacks. Welcome, brother Duck That Quacks. I still, still love that name. And back in high school in a refugee camp, 
is what Texas should be doing. All right. Michael says, imagine for a moment that AOC actually donated 35K to a museum. That's 20% of her yearly salary as charity. The right-wing bubble used to like charity, except when it causes them to care about, such as the arts. AOC was invited to the event. She didn't actually pay. That's what I was talking. Masticator says, any non-citizen should come last in. Really now? Well, then why would they, should the pilgrims then have been kicked out? Should the people at Jamestown been kicked out? Here is a, the low blood bond gets. Like, uh, what's that? Uh, let's see. I don't know. Officer killed. Terrible, terrible, terrible. That guy need. Well, that guy, at least they killed him who killed the officer, which was the right thing to do. The duck that quacks. Would any of those Haitians be willing to risk life in America in New Orleans? Plenty of places there no one wants anymore. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Michael is wondering. The duck that quacks. All right. Cindy Styles says, replying to Eric Hayes, the ticket was given to her. Exactly. All right. Today in 1780, Benedict Arnold committed treason, January 6th, insurrectionist, or a fine old American tradition. Very well said. Uh, let's see. Uh, right now, at least 20 writers, including Honor to the Earth, Executive Director, Wynonna LeDuc, are participating in the 8th Annual Spirit Ride. Thank you, sir. All right, continuing, uh, Masticator Egberto does not believe in nationalism, yet he calls himself an American. He obviously immigrated for economic benefits. I did immigrate for economic benefits, but not, not everybody who comes to America came for economic benefits. Even the Americans who founded the country came for economic benefits. Would you like to, would you like to put a wager on that, my brother, Masticator? Would you like to go read the, the Federalist Papers, sir? Jessica Taylor, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes says, magnitude of 50% paid, 65,000 rich out of 8 million people. That is a freaking number. You look it up. Again, 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 Eric, do the math. It's not all that difficult, okay? If 50% is paid by 65,000 rich people, please go ahead and see what's the net worth of the 65,000 people. Bezos alone is $160 billion. Math is simple, you know, Eric. The basic math of wealth is not like the math we did in differential equations or calculus or anything like that. It's basic add, subtract, divide, multiply. You know what I mean? You can actually do that. It's 65,000. Figure out what the top 65,000 is worth in assets, income, and capital gains. Not at all hard to find out. All right, Michael Rodden and Egberto underestimate the top 0.1%, underestimating the top 1.1% own the same wealth as the 90% of America. Oh, wait a minute. I missed, let me tell you, I used to, there, when I wrote my book, uh, as I see it a few years ago, I wrote it, I said, the wealth, and, and, and this is it, whoops, let me put it so that people can see it. I, I, it's, it was a lead to the back of my book as I see it, class warfare. It says, the wealth, the wealth, where is, where is that camera? There we go, here's the camera. The wealth in this country is unevenly distributed to the top 5% and 1%, not because they are more productive or produce anything of lasting value to society, but because they, and all that good, I said the top 1% of the population owns 34% of the nation's wealth. The top 5% owns 58%, and the top 10% uh, owns 71%, the top 20% owns 85%. That's what it was 10 years ago. It has dramatically changed. It has dramatically changed in that 10 years. Remember, just during this pandemic alone, we've developed quite a few more billionaires. Try to understand these things, my friend. Egbert of concern himself to fault the trivialities. Yes. All right, let's go ahead. Arnold, although a traitor, didn't do what the Nazi did. Exactly. Let's see what else we got. Who cares? Math is math, bro. No, math is not math. There's different kind of math. There's arithmetic. There's geometry. There's calculus. There's DFEQ. Come on now. And by the way, as an engineer, we had to cover all of them. Uh, let's see now. All right, let's go, let's go ahead. I, I, I wanted to give you, the, the first thing that I wanted to show you was going to be uh, the, the, the thing from uh, our, our, our great lady here. But what I want to do, first of all, is I want to show you the stuff about the vaccines because it really touched me. This piece really touched me. There are, this is a piece where a, a woman points out that in fact, the unvaccinated killed her husband. And I, I love the way they did the story. So let's go ahead and do the story here. Let's give you the setup. Uh, MSNBC did a piece where this woman, uh, she, both she and her husband was vaccinated. And they went to an event. 
And in that event, there are a lot of people not following the rules without masks, all that good stuff. Even though her husband was vaccinated, he had pre-existing conditions and likely something that made the vaccine less effective, and he died. Listen to the story, and then we'll take it on the other side. One Iowan reported testing positive for COVID about once every 50 seconds, according to the Des Moines Register. So what are you seeing and hearing out there? The jump in infection rates that we're seeing in this state right now, we really haven't seen here since about January. While deaths among people who are vaccinated is incredibly rare, it is happening. And we met one family in Iowa who experienced it. Ardith Keplinger says that she and her husband, Gary, contracted COVID-19 after attending an indoor gathering where there weren't any COVID protocols. Both she and Gary were fully vaccinated. They both both had pre-existing conditions. Ardith survived COVID-19, but Gary did not. Her family, they say that this death, it was entirely avoidable and they are angry. In his obituary, they wrote this, quote, he was one of several victims recently infected from an unmasked, unvaccinated person. Ardith told us that at least a dozen people were infected after attending that indoor gathering. She is hoping Gary's story reminds people that their choice, whether or not to get vaccinated and whether or not to follow COVID protocols, that it impacts the people around them. Here's more of what she told us. I have family members that don't agree with me and i guess that's their right but gary and i had rights too and he doesn't have them anymore. he had so much more to give so much more to teach the world a baby grandson that was born after he died that's what he's missing gary and artith finished their moderna vaccine series at the end of february gary passed away on august 11. Dr. Jha, that brings home what Dr. Fauci, what you have been saying. The unvaccinated are choosing something for themselves, which is in defiance of science and also in defiance of helping others, being part of society. The reality is we all live in one community, one society, and the feature of an infectious disease is your choices are not your own alone. Your choices and your choice not to be vaccinated impacts everybody around you. And this is just one more really tragic example of that. Uh, we've got to do better. Yes, we've got to do better. And, and I have to take Eric out of line here. He says, uh, what does it tell you? Can we get uh, the happenings of vaccinated in Vermont, Israel and UK are dying at alarming rates too and also getting COVID? What is that telling us? What that is telling us is that you and unvaccinated people are, are bringing enough of a viral load to have those people who are susceptible to breakthroughs who are fully vaccinated but susceptible to va- breakthrough. How are you susceptible to breakthroughs? If you're taking prednisone, if you're taking certain types of medication, it reduces the effectiveness of the vaccine because it reduces the effectiveness of your own immune system and therefore breakthroughs can occur. But it's still nowhere close the deaths that you will see and you continue to see in the unvaccinated people. The problem with the unvaccinated people is that they are the primary spreaders of the virus and not only are they the primary spreaders of the virus, they're the ones that are going to be the ones where the virus mutate in and get better and change to eventually likely defeat someone of these vaccines. They are natural born, even though some of them just because of the ignorance that they hear from the people that they get their news from. But they're, they're, they're killing others, just like this woman said here. They are killing other people. One other thing that Eric says is, by the way, the reason why he supports uh, uh, these, are you? Are, he he made another comment that that bears answering. Should it be economic benefits for the hardworking or free given to others? No, actually, Bezos did not earn his money. Bezos is a slave master. Bezos's money comes from those who work for him. Bezos does not have the intellect to create the robots that make his stores efficient. Bezos did not write, as I see it. It's worth it or, or Amazon, but he gets the bigger part of all the things that we make. He gets a cut of all the, everybody's action. We all work for Bessus because that is the way capitalism works. It gives, it gives those, who are, those who are invited into the party gets the most and the rest get the spoils. That's just how capitalism works works there are other ways to say it there are, there are other ways that it could have been implemented it's just not implemented that way and those people who continue to defend it and support it 
are actually what I call the unknowing slaves of the system, guided by the, the, the guardians of the gate. Who are the guardians of the gates? The people who control the media, the people who control the churches, the people who control our education system on the right side. These are not difficult things to ascertain at all. These are not at all difficult to ascertain. Anyhow, uh, let's see, continuing. Uh, E2247, or stay in home photo. Let's see what else we got here. Michael Rodden says, we need to create a baseline minimum that every American should have. Yes, it's called basic income. That baseline minimum should apply to the hardworking or otherwise. Then those you value as hardworking can rise above the minimum by their work. That is what we talk about when we talk about basic income, etc., etc., etc. Cindy Styles, well, that was a reply. Uh, coming down, uh, free GMC fever. Antibodies were probably low at that point. And, and yes, he got his vaccine in, in, uh, in February. So there's both the antibodies lower as well as he had pre existing conditions. All right, let's see what else I got before I go to the movie here. Uh, video viruses don't care about your rights, exactly. Uh, let's see, Eric, got it. Have you researched this on these countries and Vermont were vaccinated or above? Look, we have, it's a constant research and we follow the numbers. One thing we like here is science. Science. Jessica Taylor, those who support that thought pattern, I do not understand. Exactly, exactly. Okay, let's go to my favorite person here in, one of my favorite persons here in Houston. Her name is Mrs. Marilyn Burgess. Check this out. Welcome to Politics and Right. I'm Igberto Willis, your host. Harris County, Texas, is likely the most diverse county in the country, if not the most diverse county in the country. However, its jury system doesn't look like the county. And what that means is, in this era where we must put much interest into our justice system of all forms, we have to ask the question, why? Is it because of certain structures? Is it because it's, uh, being a jury is made too difficult? What is the reason? Well, uh, this election cycle uh, brought Marilyn Burgess as the Harris County District Clerk, and she saw the problem. Recently, uh, she made quite a few changes within the system and went to the courts to get some assistance in ensuring that she could mitigate these problems, finding out what the issues were, and started a campaign known as the Stand for Justice campaign. And it's over the radio stations, in social media, etc. She released a recently released a uh, press release that said, Jury service conditions in Harris County are improving significantly under the leadership of District Clerk Marilyn Burgess, as Commissioner's Court passed Tuesday a proposal that will provide coffee, meal vouchers, and free parking to jurors. District Clerk Burgess is confident these measures will make the jury service experience more enjoyable, fulfilling one of her administration's principal goals. That's a very important thing to do, isn't it? Because if you can't park, if you can't get vouchers, etc., people of little means will likely not be able to serve on justice. Take a look at what one of her, uh, one of the promotions that she's doing to try to talk to people about the changes that's occurring in the county to ensure that we have a more, uh, a more equitable jury system, a more diverse jury system. Harris County needs your help. Over the past five years, our county's jury appearance rate has hovered around a disappointing 20%. Some areas in our county are as low as 10%. Lower appearance rates tend to correlate with less diverse panels, and less diverse panels disenfranchises many involved in the legal process. If you were accused of a crime or unjustly sued, would you rather have a jury that looks like something from our past or one that's more representative and looks more like Harris County's present diverse population? I am Marilyn Burgess, Harris County's District Clerk. If you receive a jury summons from my office, please answer your call to serve. We need your voice at the table. You could make the difference in a more just outcome. These, 
these types of outreach make a difference. And it is good that right now in Harris County, there is somebody, there is a leader that's actually doing that. So let's go ahead and talk to her. Marilyn Burgess is the Harris County District Clerk. She is a CPA and former Chief Financial Officer for a local company. She was also Executive Director of the PTA. It is there that Ms. Burgess confirmed her calling as an advocate for causes that improve the lives of working and middle-class families, single mothers, and teachers. She subsequently served in other executive positions in various organizations. She is using her expertise now and her position as the Harris County District Clerk to bring fairness to our jury system by enhancing awareness and much, much more. Ms. Burgess, welcome to Politics Done Right, the head of our County District Clerk. Welcome aboard. Thank you, Alberto. Great to be with you. Look, um, first of all, um, I, I understand that um, when you got your position, there is one thing that you notice about how voting was occurring. I mean, not voting, how... Uh, our jury system was actually uh, functioning. It wasn't representative of the community. Tell us, first of all, what did you see when you came into the county? Well, when I first came into office, uh, improving the juror experience, increasing appearance rates, increasing diversity of those that appear was a top priority of my office. And my office has been working on it diligently ever since January of 2019. I feel like we are finally making a little progress in that regard. Um, Harris County being one of the most diverse counties in the nation, uh, our juries need to reflect that diversity, and currently they do not. And so we have launched uh, numerous measures to try to increase appearance rate, particularly to target minority communities that are underrepresented in the numbers that appear currently. Now, I think you, you appeared in front of the commissioner's court recently. There are a lot of things that you think can actually make it more appealing for those uh, for for other people to uh, join join the PM because there are some real reasons why some people are not predisposed to serve on the jury. First of all, what are those reasons as you see it? Well, in my opinion, the number one thing that keeps people from showing up for, to appear for jury duty is that there are a lot of people who are living paycheck to paycheck and they don't uh, have the benefit of being paid if they aren't at work. If they go to jury duty instead of going to work, they're not going to get paid for that day. And they simply cannot afford to show up. And so that's what we went to commissioner's court for initially, was to ask for a pay increase so that we could pay jurors enough that they could afford to miss that day of work and be there. And to me, that's the number one thing that's going to make an impact of getting the diversity that we need on our jurors. Um, they were reluctant to implement anything in the middle of the pandemic because they didn't think we could uh, track the kind of impact it had. We wouldn't know if people were showing up because the pandemic was lessening or if it was because of the pay. So they've committed to revisiting this when we get back to normal operations. But in the meantime, they agreed to put forward some uh, benefits for jurors to make their experience a little bit more pleasant and to recognize that uh, they're giving of their time and we appreciate them. So what we were able to get them to do was to uh, provide free coffee for the first time in <laughs> jury duty. You get a free cup of coffee. Wait, let, let me stop you a second there. Wouldn't you think that um, if you're a jury, you want to stay awake, right? And some of those <laughs> proceedings can be boring. So, I mean, you want to have some coffee. Good That's job. That's right. And we required you to be there by eight o'clock in the morning. And if you live in Kingwood or Tomball or Pasadena, you have to leave pretty early to make sure you get parked and get inside and get seated before eight o'clock. And I don't know about you, but I need that cup of morning yes. to get me going. So that's something that was just uh, something small that we should have been doing all along. And now we are doing. The other big piece of it was that um, we never have paid jurors for their parking downtown. Uh, so you got paid $6 to show up and serve, but you had to pay for your own parking uh, while you were down there. And uh, if you were lucky enough to get in the right parking garage, it cost you $6. But if you went to the wrong parking garage, it could cost you $25 to park for the day. So now we do have, uh, on a first-come, first-served basis, free parking for our jurors if you go to the right parking garage. And so we are in the process of painting that garage with an orange border around it so that we can tell you in your summons, look for the building with the orange border and it's more easily identifiable. So you get into the right parking garage and then you get to park for free. So that was a big uh, change too, that we're very excited about. 
Now, did I see somewhere about a food voucher or is that not implemented yet? That has been implemented and it's a temporary measure because currently with jury assembly out at NRG Arena, which we moved out there in order to be able to socially distance uh, six feet apart and keep everybody safe. You do both jury assembly and board dire at NRG Arena. Previously, when we were downtown, you did jury assembly in the assembly plaza. Then you were moved out to go to a courtroom and you got breaks and you could go out in, on the, uh, in the area and get lunch or whatever during recesses. Um, but now you have to stay in NRG until the board hour process is completed, which may mean that you get there at eight o'clock and you don't leave till five o'clock that afternoon. Yeah. So, and there are very, very limited options of getting something to eat out at NRG. And so what we did was we implemented a process where you get a meal voucher. If you're still there after 11 a.m. in the morning, we'll give you a voucher that allows you to go to the concession stands and get a sandwich, some chips, and a drink. Now, Ms. Burgess, all of that is wonderful. You're doing a great job as a the Harris County District Clerk, but people have to know about this stuff. In other words, how are people, I mean, people are used to the old system where it actually cost them. In effect, our county was taxing people to serve on the jury. And now I think what you brought forth was a sort of equity in a system that you know, allows people, everybody to participate. But you know what? Probably there are not a lot of people that would have known about it, except that I believe you started doing some stuff about that, right? We did. And we told Commissioner's Court that none of this is going to have any impact. Even a pay increase, if we get that approved later on, won't have any impact if people don't know about it. And so we also asked them to fund a jury awareness campaign, which they have done. And we're trying to save the bulk of that when and if we get this jury pay increase uh, approved. But we have launched a campaign to make people aware of why it's important to serve on the jury, why it's important to show up. And um, we're doing... PSA ads on television stations. We've got a lot of social media presence. We're at a couple of different radio stations um, and some print media. We're targeting it into our lowest performing zip codes. Uh, we're targeting it to the, our minorities that are currently underrepresented. So we're targeting the Hispanic community and the African-American community by going to places that we think that are where they will see these ads more frequently and trying to talk about why it's important for you to show up. Uh, and hoping that that will have an impact and move that needle. In addition to that, we've also started our electronic pre-registration for jury duty. So when you get a summons in the mail, it tells you to go online and pre-register. And uh, previously, you got a letter in the mail. It said, show up on this date, this time, this place, somewhere about four to six weeks in the future. And we just had to hope that you were organized enough to put it on your calendar and remember to show up. Now with this pre-registration process, they, when they pre-register, we get your email address, we get your cell phone number, and we're able to send you information via email when you pre-register, which is what we do, what to expect, where to go, what to bring, what not to bring. Uh, bring a sweater because it can get cold. Wear socks because you're going to have to take your shoes off to get through security. And we can tell them where they go to park and that you will be given a free cup of coffee and that you won't have to pay for your parking if you get selected and go downtown to serve on the jury. So that information can be communicated to them. In addition to that communication, we also send them reminder notices a week prior to service. Remember, you have jury service coming up next week. And then the night before, we send both an email and a text message reminder. And what that has allowed us to do is if we see we've got more people coming in than we're going to need, we can reschedule them or cancel their service. So you don't come down for us just to say, never mind, we don't need you after all. And that's what gives jury service such a bad name is when you spend half a day, because you have to get up early, you have to travel downtown, you have to get in there, you go through the process, and then somewhere around 11 o'clock in the morning, they tell you, well, we don't need you, you're free to go. And then people go back to their communities and say, don't bother to go, it's a waste of time. So if we can get those those numbers significantly reduced about who's there that's not needed, I think that'll have a big, big impact on our appearance rates as well. And we've been able to do that. Um, we were dismissing about 37% uh, before. One month we got it down as low as 18%. And with time, we feel like we can get it down to as low as 12%.
Now, it seems like you're already measuring the metrics of the success of how you deal with people. Now, how are you going to measure the metrics of bringing in people that weren't there before? Have you instituted any type of policies to measure that? Yes, that pre-registration allows us to capture a lot of demographic information as well. And so we can keep up with, of the people are showing up, what ethnic group are they in? What age group are they in? What education status do they have? And we're monitoring those numbers. Um, as I said, we've been underrepresented in African-American and Hispanic communities. The Hispanic community has improved slightly with their representation rate since we've been out at NRG and started this process. African-American community has slipped even a little bit further than it was before. But we have the, the mechanisms in place now to track it and see how we're doing and see if the, these campaigns and these things do help us move the needle on that. Now, once again, let's let's try to get this to the audience. Um, we every week. Well, I'll I'll put that in my narrative at the end. But um, why is it that we want to make sure that you are successful in what you're doing as far as reaching out to the entire community to be a part of our jury system? Criminal justice reform is a huge topic of conversation across the nation right now, and also right here in Harris County, and um, we're seeing change and we want you to be a part of that change. And this is a way where you as an individual can have a direct impact on the outcome of somebody's life. If you're at the jury deliberation table, you're going to be in that decision-making process of what happens to that individual. And we have, statistics have shown that when we have diverse juries, they deliberate longer than a homogeneous group of people would. They challenge uh, unfair statements, uh, they, correct inaccuracies that are made. And what that leads to is fairer outcomes. And if you want to be a voice for change in criminal justice reform, be a juror at the deliberation. I mean, that, that is, I mean, you actually said something that I was, I was going to add to, whereas if, if you have a diverse, a diverse jury, uh, we can all correct each other's preconceived uh, notions or preconceived misconceptions. <laughs> And that is actually very powerful in bringing justice to us all. So, um, Ms. Burgess, usually I have one last question to every single interview, and that goes, what would you have liked me to ask you that for some reason, in my infinite unwisdom, I didn't? Well, the only thing I would like to add is the diversity that we're seeking is not just in ethnicity, it's in age groups as, too, as well. Um, in the past, our juries have been predominantly older white people. And my experience in life and what I bring to the table is vastly different than someone who's 22 years old. So it's an age thing as well. Um, we need to get younger people more involved. So it's not just the older people. And what we found out in this process is so many young people don't even check their mail. Uh, everything's electronic nowadays. Right. They get all their bills electronic. And they're like, but I'm not expecting anything in mail. I may not go to my mailbox for a month. Well, if you get a jury summons, that's how it's going to come. So it's very important that we get that message out there. Please check your mail at least once a week. Your mailing address is the only thing we have is that initial contact information. So check your mail, pre-register for jury service and show up. Well, you just opened another door. That was supposed to be the last question, but you opened the door. I'm sorry. Um, about uh, You just said that for younger people, most of what you do is by mail. Um, are you going to try to institute something, let's say, with text messaging and email? Is that against code? Or I, I don't know. I'm not, you know. Right now, our jury will is made up of people who have either um, registered to vote or have a Texas driver's license or a Texas ID. That's where we pull our pool from. And those, that database does not include anything gotcha. other than a mailing address. So we have no way to reach you other than through the mail. Harris County District Clerk Merlin Burgess, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. I mean, that work that you are doing uh, with the jury system is long overdue. Thank you so kindly for really making our system look like what Houston looks like. Thank you so much for having me. And if your listeners believe in what we're doing, reach out to your county commissioner and tell them they need to approve that jury pay increase. We, 
I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I think that is important. That doesn't only cover here in Texas, but all over. Welcome on board, Sharon Hammer. Welcome on board, Yvette Avery Herod, our union expert and queen. Jessica Taylor, welcome aboard. I'm trying to find those. Roberto Luis, mi hermano de Panama, bienvenido. As well, Rose Williams, you're back. Paul Fleming, I think I called you out. Maywood, I don't think I called you out yet. And brother Tom C., welcome aboard. Welcome to Politics and Right. Uh, anybody that I didn't call out yet that came in after the video started, let me hear your voice. You're here chatting and sharing. Oh, thank you, Bridge, for reminding me. Folks, if you are on YouTube, I'd like to ask you so kindly to do two things. First, Go ahead and give us a thumbs up that says, yes, we like what you're doing. We like the videos. That helps us with the algorithm. But secondly, I need your support. Please support Politics Done Right by clicking that join button. That join button will say, hey, we really want to support what you're doing. Uh, alternatively, you can support us at Patreon as well at politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can also support us via PayPal. That is uh, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can also support us if you're not on YouTube. You can still be a part of the YouTube, the part of the PDR Posse that's on YouTube, which is uh, at politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. You can get all our books at our stores. If you get it at our store, I will send it to you directly. It's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom, and you, how to make America utopia. Take the economy away from those who rigged it. I can sell it as a group. So go ahead and check it out at politicsandright.com slash store. I promise you, you are going to learn a hell of a lot from those books as far as how our system really, really, really works. Not what you hear on TV or all of that, but how it really works and how it affects us all. And it gives you a narrative that you don't hear. The narratives that fool so many into believing they need to protect those guys on top as opposed to let's protect each other. It shows all of that type of machinations you can all if you decide you don't want to get it directly from our store you can also get it directly at amazon that is at politicsunright.com slash books that'll take you to the amazon page with all our books we have audiobooks we have kindle we have uh the paperbacks etc 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 again if you want to see all the different ways you can support us we have we have a a, a catch-all page at politicsunright.com slash support politicsandright.com says support you. Go to that page. That page tells you all the different ways that you can come out and support your program, Politics and Right. Look, I, 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 before I go to the other video, I want to make a plea here. It's an important plea. Um, I do progressive media. Not only the show here, but the EgbertoWillis.com blog, the politicsandright.com uh, program and blog, the, uh, uh, the liberalnetwork.com, and uh, what's the other one? Several other websites. And the idea is to put as much progressive data onto the internet because the other side, they have paid people that are trying to put all the misinformation. You notice a lot of times our good friend Eric comes here and he puts a lot of stuff that comes from the right wing. Half the times he doesn't know where it's coming from because of the way the system works, the way the algorithms work, etc. You don't exactly know where things are coming from. And that's why we have to do what we do. I put a ton, a ton, a ton. Thank you, Cindy, for having all three books. I put a ton of, of, of data out there. And the reason I do that is to fill the space with truthful, progressive information. Why? Because I want when somebody goes ahead and scanned and they look for rigged economy, they're going to get one of my blogs that talk about the economy being rigged when they also get a right-wing stuff that calls a rigged economy some figment of the left-wing media. So we have to have a lot of people doing what I'm doing. Now, it's not easy, it's difficult work, and it is time-consuming. Yes, Carl Cox, I, I, I've only seen one message from you, Carl, only one message. And what we're doing is we're trying, we're trying to go ahead and put this message up, but we need a lot of help from you. So please, if you can, go ahead and click that join button and become a part of the posse. Do a, up, up, a thumbs up on YouTube video and do a like on the Facebook video and support us by contributing at PayPal, YouTube, of all those links that I just gave you there. And again, I'll give you the, the catch-all link. The catch-all link is politicsunright.com 
slash support, politicsandright.com slash support. Let me stick that in there. Let's see before I, if there's anything. Egberto, when I settle, I plan on reading my books by my fireplace. Woohoo! You go, girl. You go, girl. All right. And you know what? The, the great thing about the book is every first Saturday of the month, uh, and, you know, uh, Carl, uh, Carl, I mean, uh, Tom C. can tell you we only had a few people. I would love more of you to come to our, our chats. Go sign up for our, our Zoom that we do every first Saturday because we can also talk about the books or whatever the hell you guys want to talk about. Hey, Egberto, why did you say this in the book? Egberto, why did you say that? I don't believe that. And we all sit down and we talk together on a huge Zoom. Right now, the largest we've gone so far is six people at a time, even though 15 to 20 sign up. Uh, 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 Tom C. is going to help me do a whole lot of that other stuff. Well, tentatively uh, help out there. And I know Bridge MCP does what she can as well because she's a wonderful person. Everybody else that's there, help us have these things, these conventions together. Anyway, I need to get busy. Let's go ahead and see. The journalist, I love the way she covered January, or rather, Justice for J6. It was funny. Let's check this out and we'll take it on the other side. For too long, our journalists would go to these uh, Tea Party events or MAGA events or all these other events and they'll play it up as if it has great coverage, as if there are a whole lot of people coming from all over the world and it's or all over the country and the support is much more than it really is. I remember in the days of the Tea Party time, there will be 50 or 60 Tea Partiers and the cameras will come in in small angles to make it seem as if the Tea Party movement was bigger than it was and that in itself helped grow the party. Uh, when we present them with progressives, thousands of progressives, it was always done in some sort of a as a some sort of a caricature. It was never made to show that these are the people that represent most Americans. Well, you know what? Seems to me like the media has gotten the message and realized the damage that they've done and they've started covering things a little bit more not equitable, but honestly and truthfully. Check this out. The organizer of this rally says that this was specifically meant to be supporting nonviolent individuals who have been arrested, detained because of uh, alleged crimes tied to January 6th. But that organizer has been very clear, very adamant in saying that their support is only for nonviolent offenders and that they do not support violent offenders. But the first person that they brought up to try and make that point was a woman who identified herself as the girlfriend of a man named. Jonathan Mellis. An individual by that name is accused of violent acts on January 6th. According to the criminal complaint, a Jonathan Mellis was captured on police body-worn camera hitting officers with a blunt weapon on January 6th, some sort of large stick, and repeatedly striking and making stabbing movements towards the officers with the weapon in his hand. I mean, look, this mm. protest, this rally, whatever you want to call it today, everyone here that we spoke to seemed to be acting like there were hundreds of people who were here on January 6th that have been indefinitely detained in prison and that they had yeah. simply just poked their head through a door that was already open. And that is simply not true on any level. Both you and I were there that day. We know that is not true. You look at the numbers, around 600 people have been charged with crimes related to what happened on January 6th. The most recent count I've seen of people still detained or in police custody is around 63. And when you look at an indictment of two men from Pennsylvania just earlier this week, they are accused of violent crimes. And as far as we know, those individuals are still being detained. So from where I'm standing, from what I saw on January 6th, from what I heard today, I did not hear very much, if anything, that was rooted in any sort of reality or actual facts of, of what happened that day or what the situation is right now. Yasmin? Yeah, it seemed very much, I got to say, like a distortion of reality. Imagine, imagine if the Tea Party rallies were covered the way they should have. What kind of people we had that were there in the formative years. Imagine if the initial stages of the MAGA movement was actually shown to be the cesspool. Indigenous activist and lawyer Jassy Ross had a hell of a statement that we all should heed. I mean, it is, I, I love the way that he expressed it. I'm just going to play it now and then let's go ahead and take it on the other side. 
Jaffe, give us your thoughts. There's not going to be a lot of people there. People understood that there's real risk that this great uh, uh, orange savior is not going to save them from jail. And so the people are going to be much more cautious. I'm not afraid of these fools down here. These, these folks down here, they have no structural power. They're simply hood ornaments on the, on the vehicle of white supremacy. That's all they are. They're, they're crash test dummies. And if they happen to get arrested, so be it. I'm worried about the folks that are in state legislatures. I'm worried about folks, the white supremacists who are in law enforcement. I'm worried about the, the, the white supremacists that are in academies that are teaching this hateful ideology. Those are the folks that I'm worried about. These fools that are down here, they're not really doing no harm. They're not touching any of us. And then lastly, I just want to say, um, you know, this right here, I don't see this as an extremist act. I see this as permitted, that they're abiding by all the rules and laws. And, and this is about as, as calm and docile and harmless as you can get. I believe in the right to protest. I see the states that are, uh, that are trying to pass anti-protest legislation. Um, in the light of the George Floyd protests. And I think that's dangerous. We want to protect their right to say what they want to say and, and worry about those folks that are deep in the machinations of white supremacy in the legislature and, and in other uh, structures. And, and, and those are the folks that we need to worry about. He hits all three nails on the head perfectly. First of all, it should be understood that Donald Trump the MAGA crowd, they are, I mean, send out his MAGA crowd to take all the bullets, to die, to, to uh, they are crash dummies, they are, they are test crash, crash test dummies. How, what do we mean by that? He allows them to be infected at his MAGA rallies, big rallies to be infected and to die, to make it look like he's okay, to make it look like he's strong and has a large following. So yes, that is what they are, crash test dummies. But... Uh, he's also right that you cannot afford to take away the, the, the rights to speech from anybody. As long as you abide by the protest rules, all's going to be fine. So he, he is consistent. But most importantly, what he says, something that we ought to be very cognizant of, and that is we don't worry about the crash test dummies. We also want protests. But let's remember who really has the power those people that are teaching in academies, those people that are the politicians that are there making laws, they are the ones promoting that white supremacist message. They are the ones that are corrupting the society. They are the ones that are destroying America. Those are the ones that we ought to be concerned about. Those are the ones that we have to extricate from government, extricate from education, and ed extricate from religion. Absolutely so, folks. Absolutely so. I, I hope hope you got that. Anyway, folks, I got some more on YouTube. Please, folks, if you are just joining us on YouTube, please go ahead and give us that thumbs up. Give us that thumbs up. We need that thumbs up to help the, help the algorithm. And if you are on Facebook, go ahead and give us that like. All right, let me go ahead and see Nanette Bird-Smith. I didn't realize, okay, let's see, well, let me go from the a little top here and see a mention from, uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, Rose, a message from Rose, but it, did, it showed up in one place, but it didn't show up the other, so I can't read it, let's see. Anyway, let me go a little bit uh, further up top and see what messages I missed. Uh, your chat, let's see, let's see, Jessica Taylor says, replying to Eric Hayes, I have close family in Houston, we talk regularly, thanks though for the articles, I will check them out. And by the way, folks, let me just say, there's one thing that, that I think Eric shows here that we all, those that are progressives, need to be cognizant of. And that is, there is an increase in crime. And people get very concerned about increase in crime as they should. And Democrats and progressives need to be concerned about crime as well. As uh, Tom Hartman put on his show today, this is the one topic. Hey, thank you so kindly, Bridge MCP, for that great, uh, that great uh, what do we call it again? Super chat, super chat. Thank you so kindly. I'll go ahead and try to put that up. Uh, but yeah, folks, so I, 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 want, I want our great progressives to note this. A lot of times, a lot of times we don't, um, we, you know, we, we, we look at crime and say, oh, defund the police and all of it, it, It's a deeper message. And in fact, 
I am not going to be uh, using the defund the police messaging uh, for through the election. And there's a reason why. Because it's not enough to say there is so much else that I have to say along with defund the police, right? And it's, it takes too much to explain that it's about moving the money from one place to the other. And people don't have... People have the time, but we have been predisposed not to listen anymore. And because of that, I have decided going forward that what we ought to do... Oh, where is... Oh, that's, that's wrong. Uh, wh- what, what I want to do going forward is we are going to start making a different argument. We are going to have to make the argument that the reason... And hear me well, folks... The reason crime is the way it is is the lack of investment. The lack of investment into people. And we're going to and that case is a lot easier to make. The other case to make is how they decide that they're going to just have guns at nauseum. Easy access to guns give you easy access to death. These are the types of arguments that we're going to have to start Making there it is. I, I, I got it up. I wanted to make sure and get Bridge MCP's contribution up on the screen as quick as possible. Bridge MCP, thank you for your contribution. So, um, so anyhow, continuing. FBI's handling of Nassar case stains FBI. Absolutely. Uh, let's see what else. Egberto, when I get settled, I plan to read. Yes, thank you so kindly. Eric Hayes, it's all narrative stuff, both sides. We'll talk about that another time. I have a chapter in Houston. Great to hear that. Uh, let's see what we have. He's serious about NASA. I'm going I'm to step away from NASA for a while. Tom C. says, meeting with Egberto on Zoom. Great. Ah, you know what I need to do? I want to tell you guys, here is a Zoom sign-up link. Uh, sign up for our Zoom and come on and have a chat with us on the first Saturday of every month. There is a Zoom link that I just put in there. Just click on it and sign up for the Zoom. Whoever you are, we have right-wingers and left-wingers and everybody in between on those Zoom. Rose says, the problem is that people have been misunderstanding defund as a slogan. We really should come up with a better name for it. I, you know what? I am in agreement with you. You, know, you, if you. you can't beat to dead horse. If people are not understanding it, we, our job is to show people how to learn and if, if, if we're wrong in a choice of words, then we're wrong and we have to move on. Because you are changing stories, the left should care fast because it's important to all of That's the reason why. We want it to be safe. Yes, we all want to be safe. All right, let's see if there's anything else that I need to come out before I talk here. MCP says, thanks, Egberto. Love you, bro. You know I love you too, girl. Look, guys. I got to get out of here, but I got to do one more ask. Bree says, Egberto, going to PM you regarding some things to get more peeps. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll be all ears. Roberto Lewis says, politics done right. Do right politics. I love you, brother. You know I love you, man. Hey, by the way, our baby is going to be coming in in the first week of, of October for a week. So we'll let you know, hermano Roberto Lewis, lo que está pasando. Uh, Peggy Lopez says, work the farmer's market Saturday mornings. What time you meet on one Saturday a month. We meet at around 11 Central Standard Time. But you know what? When we have these meetings, if you guys would like to modify times or have times at different levels, I like to have a standard time. But it's all up to you guys what is better for you on the weekends. I, I know everybody wants to do their weekend. So I want to be flexible, as flexible as I need to be. So you guys can actually go ahead and let me know. Anyway, folks, one last ask. Please remember to support us. Go to politicsunright.com support. Politicsunright.com support. And we have all the different manners in which you can support us. If you want a quick, quick access to it, you can just go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube or politicsunright.com slash Patreon or politicsunright.com slash PayPal. And as you can see, my voice is going. So I'm about to get out of here. Look, I know you guys have places you could have been, but you're here with us. I want to thank you. I want to ask you to share. I want to ask you to to give us a thumbs up. I want to ask you to stay with us, be a part of the conversation, call us, email us. The one thing that we are here is accessible. And I don't care if we have 10 people or 1,000 people, people can tell you right now. If you take a look at our show, we, have people, we, we keep in touch. So please, stay with us. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out!
Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right. Well, thank you, guys. The reason I'm coming back on is I want to thank Gary Itano, who just gave us a super chat, and he wants it read. Defund was a poor choice of words. It should be refund, whether less or even more funds to allocate their resources towards community-based policing. So, um, I, so I had to come back to give uh, my thanks to Gary Itano and read the message that he wanted read. I will make sure that your, your stuff is placed uh, right there with Bridge MCP. Thank you so kindly, everybody, for being a part of Politics Done Right. I really, dub, I really do love my peeps. Thank you. <laughs>